All right, we're on Psalm 68 tonight. Psalm 68. And if you'd like to read that with us, we sure want you to. If you don't, we don't want you to. Amen. But if you do, we welcome you here tonight to do that. It's always a blessing to read the Word of God. They don't read it public much any longer, but we, we like doing that. All right, so it looks like there's four. And so uh, we'll, do ch- we'll just do nine. Start with the first nine, okay, brother? Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God, sing praises to his name. Extol him that writeth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. O God, when thou wentest forth before thy people, when thou didst march through the wilderness, Selah, the earth shook, the heavens also dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God. The God of Israel, thou, O God, didst send a plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thine inheritance when it was weary. Amen. All right. Thank you, my brother. Thy congregation hath dwelt therein. Thou, O God, hast prepared of thy goodness for the poor. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Kings of armies did flee apace, and she that tarried at home divided the spoil. Though ye have lying among the pots, yet shall ye be as the wings of a dove covered with silver and her feathers with yellow gold. When the Almighty scattered kings in it, it was white as snow in salmon. The hill of God is as the hill of Bashan, and an high hill as the hill of Bashan. Why, why leap ye, ye high hills? This is the hill which God desireth to dwell in. Yea, the Lord will dwell in it forever. The chariots of God are twenty thousand, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them, as in Sinai, in the holy place. Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. Amen. Thank you, sister. Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. He that is our God is the God of salvation, and unto God the Lord belong the issues from death. But God shall wound the head of his enemies, and, and the hairy scalp of such a one as goeth on still in his trespasses. The Lord said, I will bring again from Bashan, I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea, 
that thy foot may be dipped in the blood of thine enemies and the tongue of thy dogs in the same. They have seen thy goings, O God, even thy goings of my God, my King, in the sanctuary. The singers went before the players on instruments, followed after, followed after. Among them were the damsels playing with timbrels. Bless ye God in the congregations, even the Lord from the fountain of Israel. Thank you, my brother. There is little Benjamin with their ruler, the princes of Judah and their council, the princes of Zebulun and the princes of Naphtali, that God had commanded thy strength, strengthen. O God, that which thou hast wrought for us, because of thy temple at Jerusalem shall kings bring presents unto thee. Rebuke the company of spearmen, the multitude of the bulls, the calves of the people, to everyone submit himself with pieces of silver, scatter thou the people that delight in war. Princes shall come out of Egypt, Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands unto God. Sing unto God, ye kingdoms of the earth. O sing praises unto the Lord, Selah. To him that rideth upon the heavens of heavens, which were of old, lo, he doth send out his voice, and that a mighty voice. Ascribe ye strength unto God, his excellencies over Israel, and his strength is in the clouds. O God, thou art ter terrible out of thy holy places. The God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. Amen. It's a great chapter. Song of Solomon tonight, <clears throat> chapter 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 2 tonight, as we get back into our Wednesday night uh, going through the Song of Solomon. And so we want to preach out of verses 8 through 14 tonight. And I want to preach on what to do in discouragement. What to do in discouragement. I don't know if anybody gets discouraged in here. Uh, but I, I don't know if you even know what to do if you do. And so we're going to try to find that out here tonight. But here in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 8, as we read tonight. The voice of my beloved, behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. My beloved spake and said unto me, Arise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, in the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing of birds is come, and the voice of a turtle is heard in our land. The fig, the fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Rise, my love, my fair one, and come away. O my dove, thou art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance, let me hear thy voice. For sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name here tonight. God, we are thankful, Lord, to be back in the house of God. And I know, Lord, that we've been busy. I know we're tired. I know, Lord, that many of us have been up many hours already. And yet tonight, Lord, we pray that you would somehow, way, in the midst of our weakness, God, in the midst, of, dear God, of, of uh, us just being flesh, God, that we might be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. God, that we might be able to look to you tonight and, God, beg you and beseech you and pray, Lord, that you fill our hearts with your word and, God, that you feed us tonight. 
God, I pray your spirit tonight would work down deep in our souls. God, we need a drink from heaven. God, we need help tonight from the Lord. God, we know that we're living in days today that are discouraging and, God, distressing, uh, even depressing. And yet today, God, we know that you're the God of heaven. And, Lord, you bring light upon darkness tonight, God. And you bring good amongst evil. And, God, we're trusting in you tonight to lead and guide your people. God, tonight that we may go home, Lord, with some encouragement in our hearts. God, with a desire to serve you and to love you. God, to give you over all that we have within us. God, may you be praised and may you be glorified and honored. I pray you anoint me with your spirit tonight. Guard our lips, O oh God. Give ever here tonight, dear God, the ability to receive the word of God. Grow us for the name of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I know I've been Christian for a while, and I know in the life of Christians, the life of Christianity tonight, there are some times of dryness. If you think you're always going to live on the mountaintop, uh, then you don't know too much about this Christian walk. Uh, you're going to find sometimes that it's going to get dry. Sometimes it's going to seem like tonight that the heavens are brass. It's going to seem like you can't get your prayers past the ceiling tonight, and it's just going to be circumstances and situations and life itself that will bear you. It's not because you lost your salvation. It's not because tonight that you have lost your vision or that you have given up or, or that you have uh, done something in the way of sinfulness or in the way of transgression or wickedness. It just gets dry. And so tonight we've got to understand those times will come. And we know what to do when they come. We also know that not only they get dry, but uh, there's going to be some coldness in your Christian walk. You're going to be cold toward the water, the, water, the water of the Word. You're going to be cold toward the church. You're going to be cold toward one another. You're going to be cold toward you praying and living for God. How about passing out tracts and telling others about Jesus? Sometimes it's just you're just cold. And tonight, I just want to say that you need to give yourself some room to, have, to be human. But not only to be human tonight, but to be flesh. And that is, we don't want to be cold, but we are living in a world today that's fallen. We live in a world today that's wicked and ungodly. And we live in a world today that's full of darkness and full of evil. And tonight, as we, the children of light, we begin to live and walk with God. And, and we try to do all that we can in order to honor and lift up Him. You're going to find yourselves from time to time in coldness. Sometimes coming to church and open up your songbook and you just don't want to sing. You just got something in your crawl. Or you just got, you say, you know what, I just don't feel it today. Or, or maybe at home and uh, the reading your Bible, praying, or just, just doing what you ought to do. And it just don't seem like, man, I just don't feel hot for that. Coldness. We find thirdly that in our Christian life we find hardness. Sometimes we get hard. Sometimes we don't even know we're hard. Sometimes our wife or our children or maybe a member of a church or, or maybe our pastor it has to tell us, hey, man, you're, you're pretty hard. You know, you used to be loving and kind and sweet. I'm not saying you lost your salvation, but you're kind of hard. And so we find in this Christian life that we're going to find times of hardness and coldness and dryness. But I'll tell you something else tonight. You're going to find times in this Christian life of loneliness, of loneliness. Feel like you're by yourself. You might have a house full of kids. You might have a loving, caring wife. You might have a church full of people. Friend, you might even work with folks who know God. But sometimes you just get lonely. Sometimes it just seems like you're the only one. 
seem like that there's nobody else that's just serving God like you are or, or doing as you are. And it just seems like, man, where's all the Christians? Where's all the lovers of God? Where's all the followers of Christ? Lonely. You ever get like that? We find here, third or secondly, that you'll find times of weakness. I shouldn't have done that. Well, I can't believe I've done that. I've been through that before. And why did I fall this time? Why did I allow that to happen? Why? I mean, I knew that was coming. Why did I just say that? Why did I allow myself to think that? Just weakness. Talking about being a Christian tonight. Sometimes of weakness. Sometimes of loneliness. But thirdly, I know there's going to be some times of laziness. You're just lazy. Just don't want to. I, I just don't care to. Well, why don't you do that? I just, you know what? It's, it's not for me today. I mean, let's just be human tonight, right? Let's just find ourselves tonight saved by the glorious gospel, by the grace of God, washed in the blood of the Lamb. But sometimes in our Christian life, we have energy, we have life, we want to do everything and anything, we want to be involved with all things, but sometimes we're just lazy. Laziness. Amen? So we've got to know what to do during these periods of time. We also understand that you might feel out of sorts. You might, you might seem like, boy, you, you're, you're going on all cylinders. And, man, it seems like you're ducks in a row. And it seems like, boy, things are just flowing as it are to flow. And all of a sudden, you get up one day, and you just seem out of sorts. I mean, it just don't even go together. It just don't make sense. It don't, it don't, it don't know what happened. You don't know what took place. It just does not seem to be as it ought to be. I'm just out of sorts. Uh, you, you, sometimes you may not be out of sorts, but you may just be tonight in a place of just out of whack. Right? Just out of whack. I mean, you know, you don't know why you're in a bad mood. You don't know why that you have a little chip on your shoulder. You don't know why that, man, you just kind of have a little little, little kind of arrogancy about you. And you say, well, I don't want to be that way. I, I don't desire to be that way. But you know what? You just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Being human tonight, you're just out of whack. Hey, also... Being human tonight and being a Christian, you might feel like that you're just out of service. I just don't think God's going to use me no more. I just don't think I'm doing anything for God now. I think I could do more for God. How come I'm not more excited about the things of God? I'm out of service. You ever feel any of these things tonight? Does it ring home? Does it seem like, hey, or you might be the above Christian tonight. You might be that spiritual Sam, that spiritual Sue. You might be the one that's riding on the clouds all day and every day. He might be the one that just sits on the mountaintop all the Christian life. And you're looking down for us down in the valley. I don't know tonight, but I do know that I experience all this sometimes in my Christian life. I also know that uh, you can, uh, you say, what can I do to get back? What can I do to get back? I, I experience some of these things here, so what can I do? To get back to where I want to be. You ever get there? Now I'm asking another question. You say what can I say. To feel better. So I feel bad about. Me not doing what I ought to do or should do. Or for me having a doubt. Or me having some sort of like unbelief. Uh, you know having some sort of like man I just didn't trust God in that one. I just didn't pray over that. I just didn't get with God on this one. What can I do to feel better? Uh, what can I do to think to be fine? When I talk to people, hey, how about this? Oh, it's going to be fine. It's all going to work out. But you're not feeling that. 
I mean, you, you just think something isn't going to work out. But everybody you talk to, it's going to work out. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about nothing. Everything's taken care of. Well, that's not the life in which I live. And so you know, say, what can I do? What can I think? What can I say? Sometimes it seems hopeless. Your children getting saved. It just seems hopeless. It just seems hopeless, man, to get over this financial uh, mountain that it seems like I'm in. It just seemed like it's hopeless in my marriage. It just seemed like hopeless in my job and where I'm at and what's going through. Uh, hopelessness. Sometimes in this Christian life, it just seems like it's hopeless. But then sometimes it seems worthless. It seems like every time I just keep doing right, I just keep on going right, I keep on being right, I keep on turning my other cheek. I keep on going the extra mile. I keep on being the bigger person. I keep on saying all that I, what, what God wants me to say. It don't ever seem to change. It don't ever seem to move the other person or the other thing or the other situation. It seems like I'm always at the bottom end. It seems like I'm always in the worst end. It seems like I'm always where I shouldn't be. But I'm doing everything that I know to do right. It just seems worthless. You ever get there? Sometimes it seems helpless. Just helpless. I just don't think nobody can help me. I don't think, I don't think nobody in all the world can help me. And I, I just feel helpless. I mean, I know all the books. I know all the stories. I know all the Bible. I know everything the preacher's saying. I know everybody what mom and daddy's saying. I know all everybody else is saying. And you know what? It just seems hopeless to me. I don't know tonight, but really, you're not in any position in this position tonight to do or say anything. Did you know that? You're in no position to say anything or to do anything. If you're like this tonight, sometimes you will be. The only answer for you tonight is to look to Jesus. You can't do nothing about it. You can't, you can't say nothing that will help it. You can't do nothing. And this is where the Shulamite girl is at tonight. She is separated from her shepherd. She's in a place surrounded by the daughters of Jerusalem. She's in this chambers and she's looking at the king and the king is looking at her. And she is in a place of, a, of being a discouragement or a place of division or a place of separation. Now tonight, I'm going to tell you, you can get to those places without sin. You can get to those places tonight without doing wrong. You can be right with God. You can be right with your people. You can be right in what you're doing and find yourself sometimes in a place of just away from the Lord. And tonight, here she is. And I want to show you what Jesus did because there's nothing that she can do. She can't come out of this. She can't tell anybody the other woman of anything. She can't move from this. There's nowhere else she can go. Uh, she's in there. Uh, she's stuck. And she's around those people that are there talking to her, telling her. And the only thing that she can do is just look to her shepherd. And sometimes tonight in our situations, if not all the time, we have to look to our shepherd. We have to look to Jesus why is that oh because number one I want you to notice tonight that he is coming 
to her. He is coming to her. The Bible says there in that verse, verse 8, The voice of my beloved, behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains and skipping upon the hills. She's in that situation, and she's in that place. But what does she hear? She hears her shepherd coming. He's coming to where she's at. Now, this is not unusual in the Christian life. Turn our Bibles tonight to John chapter 21 quickly, uh, if you don't mind. John chapter 21. And we come to a situation where Jesus has, uh, has died, and Jesus was buried, and Jesus resurrected, and Jesus, before he ascended on to heaven, we find that he came to talk here to his people. We see in John chapter 21 in verse 3, Simon Peter said unto them, that's all the rest of his apostles, he said, uh, I go a fishing. And they say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that he was Jesus. Now listen, friend, why would you think that these disciples would go back to fishing? Because that was their comfort zone, right? That was what they knew best. They were professional fishermen. They were those fishermen who knew how to fish. They knew what to do. They knew how to catch. Everything about that fishing place, uh, they were out on the sea, and the sea was the place of the, where they made their money and they made their living. Uh, they were absolutely comfortable. They was absolutely at ease. Uh, they knew exactly what to expect. They knew exactly what's going on. Now Jesus is gone. Jesus has now been taken from the earth, and they go back a-fishing. Discouraged? Down? Maybe trying to figure out, man, what's going on? What do we do? So what they decide to do, they decide to go back to their humanly instincts. And who shows up? Jesus. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen with you. When you get in a position and you get in a situation tonight where you find that it's just more comfortable to just go back to where I came from or just go where I feel like I can have some understanding and clarity. And uh, next thing you know, Jesus shows up. I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 16 and verse 14. Mark chapter 16, verse 14. There's many of these occasions. We'll not go through all of them, but chapter 16 and verse 14. Again, Jesus has uh, risen from the grave and before he ascended onto heaven, he found that he comes back uh, here in verse 14. It says, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. I mean, listen, they're in a dif difficult place right there. Jesus told them that he was going to die and be buried and resurrect on the third day, didn't he? I mean, didn't he tell them everything that took place took place? And he, say, he said, they're going to they're gonna slew me. They're going to kill me. Uh, they're going to take me to Calvary. I'm going to die on the cross. And, and I am going to shed the blood uh, for many. And, and next thing you know, they come running back. Jesus, Jesus is gone. Jesus is resurrected. And uh, he's not there. And uh, so they didn't believe. They just said, oh, I don't believe that. Man, I'm discouraged with this thing here. It's all over. Jesus is gone and all that. Next thing you know, guess who shows up? Jesus. 
And I'm going to tell you something tonight. You might be in your room. You might be in your car. You might be sitting in the break room at, at work. Or, or you may be just walking in your, the grass. Or you may just be in the backyard of your home. Or maybe just be walking down the street or some trail out in some park somewhere. And you feel, you feel like, man, you know what? It's just not working out. It's just not all that I am and I should be. And everything just seems to be up in the air. Don't really know what's up, what's going on, and this, that, and the other tonight. If you just, 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 just wait, you'll be able to hear Jesus is coming over the hills. He'll be skipping on the mountaintop. And boy, I tell you what that means for you and I to me tonight is this, is this relationship that we've been talking about in this Song of Solomon. Uh, he hasn't changed his heart toward her. You see, the Bible says, he calls her, he says, my love, my love. Even though, even though they're separated and even though there's a division between them and even though it don't seem to be going as it ought to be going, he still has a love for his Shulamite. And tonight, it don't matter tonight or what you're going through or where you're at tonight. Uh, the, the heart of our Lord has not changed towards you. You might have changed towards Him, but He hadn't changed towards you. But I noticed here in chapter verse 10, verse 8, 9, and 10, her heart hasn't changed towards Him either. For she, he calls her, she calls Him my beloved in verse 8, my beloved in verse 9, my beloved in verse 10. You see, tonight, you may be down in the dumps. And you might be struggling in life. And you might have a hard time. And you just don't know what the future holds. And it just seems like the present is depressing. And it just seems like, Fred, things are not rolling your way. Just don't forget tonight that his heart has not changed towards you. And your heart has not changed towards him. He's coming your way. Just wait. He's coming your way. He's coming to her, friend. And we find he comes quickly. That, that word, there in that verse 8 and 9, uh, the Bible says, Behold, in verse 8, that means he comes quickly. As soon as he sees you where you are, he's coming to you. You're not coming to him. He's coming to you. Amen. And not only is he coming quickly, but he's going to come joyfully. The Bible says that he is Coming, leaping upon the mountains and skipping upon the hills tonight. He's not coming slowly. He's not coming uh, just like a grandpa. He's not coming tonight like he's just taking a walk in the park. He's coming skipping and he's coming uh, running. He's coming joyfully. He's coming energetically. He's coming with all type of, uh, of help for you. And he's doing it with all his heart tonight. And when he gets there, friend, it's some excitement with Jesus. It's some excitement with him that he can come to where you are and to be where you're at tonight. And he's going to skip there. He's going to run there. He's going to flee there. He's going to come as fast as he can. He's going to come with the, the much of a desire in his heart that he can leave and skipping upon the hills and the mountains. So when you get, when he gets there and you hear the voice of your Savior, friend, you'll know that he came with excitement. <laughs> I'm so glad we got a relationship with Jesus tonight. He comes not only joyfully, but he comes verbally. The Bible says, the voice of my beloved. Now let's go to Luke chapter 24 with me this evening and look at a verse here as well. Uh, Luke chapter 24, and there in verse uh, 13. Luke 24, and verse 13 tonight. 
The, the Bible says, And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that they, while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Again, here he shows up. He shows up with these fellows. The Bible says, But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? Has not known the things which are come to pass in these days? He said unto them, What things? They said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word, before God and all the people. Do you, do you sense of this kind of discouragement here? You sense kind of like, man, this is, this is sorry. But we trusted that he had been, he which had redeemed Israel. Beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, a certain woman also of our company made us astonished, which early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came, saying they had seen a vision of angels, which said unto him, was alive. And he goes on to say, and certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it, even as the woman had said, but they saw not. And he said unto them, O fools, slow heart. Believe all that the prophets have spoken are not Christ to have suffered these things to enter to his glory in the beginning of Moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village where they went and made us through they would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening the day if our spent. And he went to tarry with them. And it came to pass as he sat meet with them. He took bread and blessed it and break and gave them their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. They said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened us to the Scriptures? That's what my Lord will do for us today. Oh, when we feel like we just can't go another day, he'll show up. He'll show up and he'll speak to us verbally. Oh, you say, well, can you hear him verbally? No, I can't hear him verbally, but I hear him assuredly. I can't hear him as I'm talking here tonight, but I can sure him, hear him when he speaks to my heart. When I'm on my face and when I'm on my, my back and, and when I got my Bible open and when I got my eyes closed and when I'm driving down the road and when I'm cutting my grass or where I'm at work, Fred, it don't even matter tonight when he knows where I'm at and he finds me and he begins to speak to my heart. Whew. What a saint. What a Lord, He comes quickly and He comes joyfully, He comes verbally, but then He comes unexpectedly. The Bible says in verse 9, My beloved is as a roll or a young heart. A roll or a young heart like a deer. Now, if you've ever been out there in the woods tonight, uh, you just go and or you might be driving down the road, and this takes place all the time. You're driving down the road or you're out in the woods somewhere, and all of a sudden a, a, a heart or a deer run right in front of you. Right? Many will get killed that way. Or if you're out there in the woods or someplace like that, you're kind of just walking along, and, and all of a sudden you look up, and there's the deer. Where'd he come from? Man, I didn't see him. I mean, it just seemed like he just shows up. It just seemed like he's come right out of everywhere. That's what Jesus is going to do with us tonight when he finds us at that place where he's going to come to us, friend, in such a way. He's going to be such a way. We're going to say, man, where did he come from? I wasn't expecting that. 
I wasn't expecting that deer to run in front of me. I wasn't expecting for that deer to be right there. I'm telling you tonight, he comes unexpectedly. Not ready, are we? Not looking and not expecting. That's exactly what happens and what happens with him. The very time we're not looking for him because we're, we're feeling sorry for ourselves. And, and uh, we're not really ready for him to come because we're not even thinking about him coming. We're too worried about our situation and circumstance. And, and then we're not expecting at all. Then all of a sudden he shows up, speaks to our heart. And we say, we understand now, Lord. And man, I tell you tonight, he is one who comes to her. Number two, not as he comes to her, but I know he is close to her. He's close to her. Even though she's in that depressive uh, state, even though she's in that difficult place, even though that she's having this time of division or separation, it seems, from her shepherd, he's close to her. And we find that he's close to her in verse 8 and 9 because we see in verse 8 that he had to, there was a mountain in the way. Right? He couldn't get to her because the mountain was in the way. So what did he do with the mountain? Uh, he just leaps over it. <laughs> you ever been out in Colorado? You ever seen a mountain out there? You ever been any other mountainous places? And like maybe in uh, there in uh, uh, um, oh man, where's that? Wherever the Smoky Mountains is, Tennessee. Been out there? I mean, we can go all over the world tonight talking about mountains tonight. And the Lord said, I'm going to, I got to get right there. A mountain's between me and you, but I guess what I'm going to do, I'm just going to leap over that thing. Oh, then after he gets over a mountain, he sees a hill. And what does he do over a hill? Well, that ain't nothing for him. He just skips over that. He said, I'm going to get to you, so he just skips over the hill. But I notice here, thirdly, in verse 9, the Bible says, Behold, he standeth behind our wall. There's a wall between us. Right? There's a wall there. I mean, he's near us. He's near us, but he's, he's behind a wall. There's a wall now. That's, he's close, but he's not as close as he could be. Because there's a wall. But I also notice that there's a window in the way. The Bible says, He looketh forth at the windows. And so not only is there a wall that's between us, but there's a window between us. And then I notice third, there's a lattice. A lattice in the way. I wonder tonight, what is it between you and him? What is it? You, you might be tonight just flesh, and you might be just human tonight, and you're Christian, you love Jesus. He's trying to get to you. He's trying to get as close as he can to you. But what is it tonight? Is there a mountain between you and him? A hill? A wall? A window? A lattice? Man, that was between him and her. How about us tonight? Can we thank tonight? Can we, can we just begin to pray even now and say, Oh, Lord, if there's anything between you and I, would you remove it? Lord, if there's anything tonight that is keeping you from coming to me, Lord, I ask you to show it to me and let me get out from the wall. Let me get out from the window. Let me get out from the lattice. Lord, if there's anything right now, Lord, that's keeping you to get the closest to me as you can tonight, please reveal it, manifest to me, oh, because I want you real near. I wonder if you'd pray that tonight. I wonder if you'd seek out the Lord and say, Oh, God, 
what's between me and you. That's nothing that he has put. It's nothing that he has done. Maybe tonight what's keeping you, what's keeping him from you tonight may be sin. I don't know. It may be tonight not only sin, but it may be doubt. Or it may be tonight unbelief. Tonight it may be tonight why he's not as close as he ought to be as you want him to be tonight because there's something between you and him. It may be tonight in a way of an attitude. In a way of a bad spirit. I don't know tonight what it may be. If there's anything tonight, but between her and him, uh, he was close to her. But he wasn't right with her. We don't want Jesus just to be close. We want Jesus to be here. Amen. And so tonight we find that he comes to, he come to her. He's close to her. Number three tonight, he is calling for her. There in verse 10, we know she says, My beloved spake. Now this is the Shulamite speaking of her shepherd. Every time you see my beloved, that means, that means the shepherd. My love, that means the Shulamite. He says, My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. And so what is he saying? He's calling for her. And he speaks to her uh, in, a, in, in a way of, of being softly. He says, My love. Now, don't you like to be talked to like that? Hey, my love. I mean, I don't know tonight. It's better than saying, Hey, Buster. Oh, hey, Buster. Hey, buddy. I mean, that's better, right? My love. My darling. My sweetheart. Oh, the one that I really care for. You know, so he, as he comes to her and he's calling her, and boy, that some, draws some attention, don't it, when somebody says, hey, babe. Hey, honey. Yeah. Oh, when someone says, hey, you. Hey, man, don't, don't you talk to me. Don't call me you. I mean, uh, he approaches her. He comes to her. He's calling her, and he calls her softly. He says, my love. Well, that brings some tenderness, don't it? Uh, that brings some sweetness, don't it? I mean, that brings like something. His, listen, if anybody's going to call me my love, I'm going. Right? <laughs> I mean, listen, friend, if somebody can call me my love, man, I'm looking up at least and say, whoa, what's going on here? So here she is in that place. He's calling for her, and he calls her softly. And that's just how Jesus does, amen? But then he calls her sweetly. He says, my fair one, my fair one. Boy, she knows she's the only one. She knows there ain't nobody else out there for him. Uh, she knows that he ain't no two-timer. Amen? Uh, she knows that, that he is her only one and she's his only one. He calls her my fair one. Oh, that just brings some sweetness to it. Amen. I'm telling you. You almost forget that you're even in that depression state, don't you? I mean, listen, when you get in that, that place, you say, I'm just flesh and I'm just no good. Sorry, I can't live for God. I can't live for Christ. All of a sudden, he's calling you. He's saying, hey, my love, my dear one. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. You kind of forget the bad situation you're in. <laughs> and so we find here as he calls her, he speaks to her. He speaks to her securely. He says unto her in that verse 10, uh, he says, come away. Come away. Oh, uh, he didn't rebuke her for being down. Do you notice that? 
I mean, she's separated from him, and she's departed from him, and, and she might, she's probably discouraged and all these kind of things, but he don't come to her and say, Hey, my fair one, my love, get your act together. Don't you know that I'm the God of God and the Lord of lords? Don't you know that I said I'll never leave you nor forsake you? It's what I mean. Then I tell you that I'll not sleep nor slumber. Then I tell you that even unto the world I will be with you. Why are you down? Why are you discouraged? Why are you distraught? Why are you acting like nobody loves you? Why are you acting like nobody cares? Why are you acting like God's not alive? Get that together, my love. He don't talk to her that way. He don't rebuke her. He don't correct her. He don't make her feel bad. He don't jump on her. He don't straighten her out. He don't correct her. He don't discipline her. Do you notice any of that? He's just calling her. He said, I just want you to come away. I know where you've been. I know how you've been feeling. I am touched with your infirmities. I know you're inside. I know you're out. I know what you're thinking. I know what's in your heart. I know what's the imagination and motives and intents of your heart. I know your every step. I know your uprising. I know where you've been. I know where you're going. I know your birth date. I know your death date. But man, you're my love, my fair one. Come with me. Don't you want that? I'm talking about relationship tonight. Okay, can I say, not only does he speak to her, but I notice he summons her. He said, rise up. He summons her. Rise up. Listen, get your head from being down. Rise up. Get up. Get out and get on with it. Stop acting as if things are just the way they are and you can't help it. Get up. Get on. Get with it. That's what he's saying, all right? And tonight, some of y'all are down and discouraged. Some of y'all tonight is probably distraught. Some of you probably just not having that good of a day. Or maybe your marriage, or maybe your finances, or maybe your parenting, or maybe your church, or maybe your world, or maybe your business. Maybe just how you are. Maybe your health. There's a lot of things tonight we can all be part of. And what Jesus would say, just come with me. Arise. Arise. Get up now. Get your head, get your eyes, get your ears, get on your feet, and come on. Amen. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad tonight that when we get down as humans and we get into the flesh and being feeling for ourselves that he don't come with an old bat, no discipline stick. He don't come with a rock in his hand, beating us in the head, saying, you are the sorriest Christians i ever known. No, he just says, come on. Come on. And then I want you to notice, not only does he speak to her and he summons her, but then he sends her. This is what he sends her. He says, come away. I'm here. I'm here. I'm near. Come on. Come on. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, he says, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, tonight, I believe many of us tonight will stay in our stupor. We'll stay in our depressive state. We'll stay in our confusing matter. And we won't rise up. 
And we won't come on. And we won't go where he's at. Because tonight, for some reason, we just don't do that. But tonight, I'm asking you, would you move from where you are? Would you stop being where you're at? There's more life than what you're showing. The abundant life is what he wants you to live. Stay out tonight of that place where it's dark. Stay out of that place tonight where it gets dim. Get up. Get out. Rise out. Come unto him, he says. And friend, he says, I'm near and I'm here. The church tonight can rest in the fellowship with Christ. We can. Friend, there's nothing in your life tonight that the fellowship of Christ will not cure. There's nothing tonight in your life, even death itself, that fellowship with him will not take care of. Can I say here, fourthly, he's comforting her. He tells her of a life that is to come. He tells us in verse 11, as he's now has called her and he's been close to her and he's come to her, and now he's telling her three things I want you to notice tonight in the way of comforting her. He says to her in verse 11, he says, For lo, the winter is past and the rain is over and gone. What he's saying is the storm has passed. You know that situation that brought you to that place of depression? You know that situation that brought you to the place of being down and out? He says, it's past. It's over now. It, back there in that verse of 7, it's over now. It's, we're past there now. We're gone past that. Uh, yes, I know that that storm uh, that you went through, that winter, is, that winter is past and the rain is over. I know during that period of time it was difficult. I know. And I also know that no, it was difficult, but it was hard. And Jesus would say to us tonight, I know that it was trying. But you wasn't alone. I was always there. Tonight, I'm telling you, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away because the winter has passed and the rain is gone. Isn't that good? Tonight that we can leave out of the house of God tonight with whatever problem you have, whatever situation you're in, whatever circumstance you've got, it can be back here. Amen. I mean, that's the God we have tonight. That's the Lord we serve tonight. And so he says to her, he says, I got something coming. He said, first of all, let's just know, let you know in way of comforting uh, that, the, that the storm has passed. And number two, he said, not only the storm has passed, but the spring is present. Look at verse 12. He says, the flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. He speaks of, now, listen, you, you and I have done made fellowship. You and I are together. You and I are in conversation. We're in communion. And I know that what happened is now gone. It's going to pass. But I tell you right now, what is the present, what's going on right now, is its beauty. As he describes in verse, the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing of birds is come. And the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. Excitement, joy, beauty, glory. That's what happens when God meets with us. And Christ visits with us. And we look to Him and say, yes, I'll get up. And yes, I'll go with you. And yes, I'll live accordingly. He said, man, His presence is going to be good. 
The birds are going to be singing. Oh, the beauty of the grass is going to be growing. It's going to be the better you've ever seen in your whole entire life. Just tell me, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll do it for I want the present to be like this. Amen. That's what tonight he says to us, the spring is present. I mean, things are blossoming. Things are good. Things are nice. Things are wonderful. I mean, listen, the joy in my heart, the beauty that I see, the glory of tonight, of this, uh, of the flowers and of the singing of the birds and the voice of the turtle in our land tonight. Oh, you can't get no better than that. And tonight, you don't have to leave out of here down and discouraged. You ain't got to leave out of here tonight in the hole. You ain't got to leave out of here tonight thinking about your husband and your wife and your children and your bank account and thinking about your health and all. You can think about Him tonight. And boy, the present could be beautiful and joyful and glorious. If you just meet with Him tonight. We find here, thirdly, not only tonight is the storm past and the spring is present, but we notice tonight, that the very summer is promised. He says in verse 13, he says, The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. He's saying to her, the summer's coming. The spring is now. The storm has passed. But hey, listen, let me tell you about that, what's coming. And so he uses the word, he uses the fig tree. Well, turn your Bibles here quickly. Keep your fingers here. I know time has not quite gotten away, but it's going away. Turn to Matthew chapter 24 with me and verse 32. For you that are Bible students tonight and theologians, you know that the fig tree represents the Israel, right? But more than just Israel tonight, it represents tonight the end of the church age. He says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 32, Now learn of a parable of a fig tree. When its branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that the summer is nigh. That's what we're talking about. The summer. The summer. We find that as you read through the scripture here, we're not going to read it for sake of time, you'll find that it's when the fig tree is the one who's blossoming, as it says, as the fig tree in chapter 1 of Solomon, verse 13, putteth forth her green figs, we find that the end of the church age is now, when that happens. Not only is the, the end of the church age then, but we also find the rebirth of Israel is happening. And then thirdly, we see the coming of Jesus. And what he's saying to her is this, get ready for the departure, because we're going away. Somewhere in the future, me and you are going to take our ride. Because I'm telling you, the fig tree is budding. And man, when the fig tree begins to bud, Israel is rebirthed, the end of the church age has begun, and the rapture is on its way. Oh, that gives us some hope tonight, don't it? That we can know that the summer is coming the summer that is promised and can i say here fifthly tonight he is calming her calming her in verse 14 the bible says back in our text the song of solomon verse 14 my my dove oh my dove 
that are in the clefts of the rock and in the secret places of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance and let me hear thy voice, for sweet is thy voice and thy countenance is comely. He says three things tonight. I want you to notice his approach. His approach is tenderly and timely. He says, yeah, verse 14, me and you are going to take off somewhere. And we're going to be together when that fig leaves. But I'm going to tell you something. Until then, until then, I want you to know, my dove, you're in a safe place. So he says that, verse 14, thou art in the clefts of the rock. You're in a safe place. And in Psalms 18, 2, the Bible says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust my buckler, my horn of my salvation, and my high tower. That's what my rock is. And he's saying to her, listen, you are in a safe place. Until we depart together, you're safe. Isn't that good? You're in the clefts of the rock. I mean, listen, friend, you're in the safest place you can ever be. And tonight, if you're saved and born again, washing the blood of the Lamb, tonight you're in the safest place you can ever be. In the clefts of the rock. Number two, I know it's not only the safe place, but a secret place. A secret place. He says, he says, in the secret places of the stairs. Psalms 191 verse 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You're in a secret place. Nobody can find you. Only God knows exactly where you are. Isn't that good? I mean, tonight we, we think about some burglar, we think about some thief, we're thinking about somebody who's going to do this, that, and the other tonight. He said, you're in a secret place. You're just where I want you to be. You're just in the right spot. You're in the will of God. And listen, it's safe and it's secret. You worry about nothing. You don't worry about nothing. You don't worry about anything. You're safe and secret. I mean, you don't have to worry about the fear of man. You ain't got to worry about death. You ain't got to worry about tomorrow. Uh, you ain't got to worry about what holds tomorrow. You don't have to worry about uh, your finances. You don't have to worry about the church. You don't have to worry about nothing. Fret not, he said. Why? Why can I, how can I do that? Lord, I know I'm going home. I know we're going to have rapture. I know one day we're going to come see you, and we're going to have that time together. But until then, he said, man, just you're in a safe place and a secret place. Just take solace with that. Just be comfortable tonight. Just, just know today that nobody can do anything with you. Ain't nobody can do something to you. You're in a secret place and a safe place. What a Lord. I want you to notice his announcement. He says in verse 14, he says, let me see your face. Let me see thy countenance. You know what the Lord's waiting for us tonight? And I'm closing. For a response. For a response. If you can just walk out of here tonight, numb and dumb. You can just walk out of here tonight, not touched. Walk out of here tonight, not bothered in any way. He said, I just told you all about me and you. And I'm asking for a response. He said, I want to see your face. Mm. Number two, he said, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face. He said, I want you to come to my presence, and I want you to communion with me. I want you to talk to me, and I want you to come before me. That's what I want. Tonight, I wonder what's keeping you 
keeping him waiting. What is it? What is it tonight that is keeping you or keeping him waiting for you? What is it? Let's search out our hearts tonight. He wants us to come before him. He wants us to hear hear our voice. What is it while we keep waiting? What is it tonight that's keeping you from doing that? I wonder secondly tonight is don't keep him waiting for your prayer. Don't keep him waiting. You don't do that to somebody you love. But the one that you do love, you'll come quickly and hastily. You say, Lord, did you ask that I show up? Did you ask that I speak? He'll say, yes, here I am. And now I want to talk to you. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Boy, what a, what a rich, rich book that Song of Solomon is. It really gets down to the nitty-gritty of who we are and what we are with Him. God, thank You tonight that You know our, our weaknesses and You know our faults and failures. Man, You come to us and You don't come angry and You invite us with You. Oh, how comforting You are. How loving You are. I wonder tonight, would You respond and come into His presence and would You let Him hear Your voice? Would you do that tonight? Would you do that tonight? You say, man, but Larry, you're kind of acting like I need to come to the altar. I, I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm telling you what's your response tonight. If you feel like that you can stand there and come into his presence and speak to him by standing there, well, then you do that. If you feel like bowing down next to your pew, you do that. If you feel like coming to his presence and letting him hear your voice at this altar down here, you do that. You do wherever you need to do. But tonight, he's asking, don't keep me waiting. Don't keep me waiting. I wonder tonight, will you come? Will you come tonight and let's just talk about him and say, Lord, here I am. I'm ready. I'm ready for you and me. I've got conversation with you. I want to thank you, Lord, for coming to me. When I was down and out, discouraged. And Lord, you spoke to my heart. I thank you, Lord, that I got the hope of a rapture before me. I thank you, Lord, that you talk so sweetly and kindly. You're such a loving Lord. Lord, I'm so thankful tonight that I just know that you want more of me. And here I am, I'm offering more tonight. I surrender all. I surrender all. I hold not back anything from you, Lord. Man, you've given me everything that life could ever ask for. And tonight, I want to give you back. Everything, everything. I give it to you. I lay it down. I surrender all. I thank you, Lord. Praise your name. I praise you tonight. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Lord. What a God tonight that we have. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be honored. Worthy to be lifted up.
worthy to be exalted, worthy for every breath to breathe, for every hour is for him worthy. Lord, I give you my wife, I give you my children, I give you my home. I give you all that I own. I give you all that I have. Lord, I give you this calling you put on my life. I, Lord, I give you anything that I have tonight, Lord, all that is yours. Oh, God, meet with your children tonight. Meet with your Shulamites as you're our shepherd tonight. I wonder tonight if there's anything between us, between you and I, Lord, I pray. Is there anything between you and the Lord? Let's get it right. Let's get it out. Let's get it done. Oh, yes, please, I beg you. I beg you tonight for the sake of your family, for the sake of your church, for the sake of your relationship with him. Don't have anything between you and the Lord. Clean it up tonight. Clear it up. Get cleansed. Get free. Get liberated. Oh my. What a Savior. I'm glad that I'm saved tonight. I'm glad I've got a Bible that teaches me such things. I'm glad I've got a relationship with the God of gods. Oh, what a wonderful thought. If I could live this life over, I'd live it for Jesus. If I could live ten lives, I'd live them all for Him. What a Savior. What a glorious Lord. You, you can't praise Him enough. You can't lift Him up enough. You, you can't tonight... Bring him to the place where he's so worthy, he so deserves. Oh, my soul. In the midst of our troubles and difficulties, he's right there. Mm. What a Savior. For Lord. As we just search out for the Lord, we seek the Lord tonight. How about you? Oh, amen. I feel like the Lord may have met with us tonight. I hope that He met with you. I know He's met with my heart. All right, tonight, any prayer request? Children of the Heavenly Father, safely in His bosom gathered, nestling bird nor star in heaven, such a refuge there was given. God is all.
Oh. 